Now that we have a general idea of what the New Orleans Saints week one 53-man roster may look like, there's only one big question left to answer. Can they stay out of their own way? We got all that and a little bit of land yet for you on today's episode of Locked on Saints. You are Locked on Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Houdat Nation and Houdat family? Welcome in to another episode of Locked on Saints, your daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks so much, as always, for making Locked on Saints your first listen of the day every day. Big shout out to all you everydayers out there. And don't forget, you can always subscribe and follow for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. So you never miss the latest episodes. And as always, if you want to keep the conversation going one-on-one with me, take part in our exclusive film studies, Q&As, inside information, early access, and much more, you can head over to joinsubtext.com slash Saints today to join a community I would love for you to be a part of. As always, I'm your host, Ross Jackson, at Ross Jackson. NOLA on Twitter, your New Orleans Saints expert, credential member of the media. You can find me as a senior writer and reporter over at Saints News Network, Sports Illustrated's fan nation site covering the New Orleans Saints. You can also find me every Tuesday on the Locked on NFL podcast and, of course, here with you every single Monday through Friday and then some on Locked on Saints. Today's episode of Locked on Saints is brought to you by our friends at FanDuel, the official sports book of Locked on. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers can uh, put down $5 and get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Just visit FanDuel.com slash Locked on today to get started. On today's episode of Locked on Saints, there's something different about these New Orleans Saints. Will this be a season of calculated risk for Dennis Allen and his team? We're going to take a look at that. We're also going to take a look at practice squad players that may be in for some playing time, some PS players in in line for PT. Uh, That joke didn't land the way I thought it was going to, sorry. But first, I want to take a look at the biggest remaining question that lies ahead for the New Orleans Saints. And of course, that is going to be whether or not this team is going to be able to get out of its own way. Remember, self-inflicted wounds ended up being what caused the New Orleans Saints probably the most grief last season, right? In a season where they underperformed and sort of uh, didn't match expectations, going 7-10 and on the season, did finish 3-4 of the last four games, but even internally, the Saints had a goal of winning the last four games and weren't able to do that. And one of the big reasons why they weren't able to do that is because they had sort of this anemic and myopic offense that didn't necessarily put a lot of creativity out on the field. And when they tried to put creativity out on the field, they had issues executing that creativity. And that's going to happen. Look, when you have a bunch of injuries, when you have a new play caller or new quote unquote play caller, when you have, you know, an offense that's being run by a guy like Andy Dalton, when the offense was built for a guy like Jameis Winston, those things are not going to compute. And so when you have sort of all of the different things that the Saints ran into last year, it's hard to get out of your own way. You're you're hobbled trying to get out of your own way. But now this is a New Orleans Saints team by all intents and purposes that should see at least the majority of its starters week one, right? There's still a week and a half of practice. We know how these things go. So we'll, we'll wait to put the voodoo out there or anything like that, that they are going to be completely healthy. But if nothing else, they should be mostly healthy going into week one of this season. And they have a big test 
ahead of them. I mean, the Tennessee Titans have a good passing game. They have a great run game. They have a solid defense. They have a talented coach. They're shaky on the offensive line, but the New Orleans Saints are going to have to be able to take advantage of that, which is something that they weren't necessarily able to do consistently last year, take advantage of weak offensive lines. And I know, Ross, they were fifth in the NFL in sacks. Of course, they took advantage of weak offensive lines. Not necessarily. The Saints were top five in sacks, yes, but they were near the bottom of the NFL when it came to pressures as a whole, when it came to hits on the quarterback that weren't sacks, right? They weren't getting to the quarterback on a consistent enough basis. I think that's one of the reasons why you saw the New Orleans Saints, I don't want to say leap at the opportunity to uh, rebuild their defensive line, but certainly they didn't shy away from the opportunity to rebuild their defensive line. So from the defensive line to injuries and the the second level staying healthy to the secondary actually playing games together, which we didn't see a single snap of the intended starting five defensive or secondary last year, defensive backs group last season, not a single snap together. Wide receivers have to prove that they're able to stay healthy. The tight ends, this is kind of a newly... I don't want to, yeah, it is. It, it, it's, a, it's a rebuilt tight end group, right? Like if you look at the core three tight ends in Juwan Johnson, Foster Moreau, Jimmy Graham, Juwan Johnson's the only returning one from last year. And then Taysom Hill gets into the mix of everything, but I don't consider him a core tight end because he does everything. I consider him a core offensive weapon, right? Like that's kind of his role. And then of course, the offensive line. Will the offensive line hold up? Can they stay healthy? If they can't stay healthy, will the the depth be able to step up? Who is your starting left guard? Uh, maybe that's one of your bigger questions as well. But I still think that the biggest question comes down to, can this team win games because they're getting out of their own way? I mean, look, the defense did about as good a job as a defense can throughout the last eight games of the season, allowing 20 or fewer points in every single one of those games. And the Saints did not win all of those games, and they should have. Like, this is an offense that historically, typically, however it is that you want to look at it, scores more than 20 points a game. And that was the expectation going into 2022, that this would be a high-octane, high-scoring offense led by Jameis Winston with guys like Michael Thomas, Chris Olave, and Jarvis Landry. And out of those four names, one of them finished the season. One of them was on the field week 17, and only one of them was on the field beyond week three. That's no insult to the three guys that couldn't stay healthy and that didn't stay healthy at all. It's just that's the situation that the New Orleans Saints had to deal with. Then you look at the penalties, right? Particularly over the defensive side, but also the procedural penalties on the offensive line. Those were things that drove everybody nuts. Missed opportunities when it came to, um, when it came to forcing turnovers. The lowest turnover rate uh, for this team and its franchise history. Lowest interception count uh, for this franchise in its history. Those are ways that the Saints were not able to get out of their own way. And then if you need just one little microcosm that is, that is you know, representative of the rest of the season, look at the Week 18 game last year against the Carolina Panthers. Sam Darnold had like, what, a three-point-something passer rating? And the Saints lost that game. Why? Because they couldn't make anything happen on offense. Andy Dalton was throwing to wide-open areas of the field And the areas of the field were wide open because literally no one was there, not just because defenders weren't there. There were no receivers there. And either that was a miscommunication on Andy Dalton's part or was a miscommunication consistently by a bunch of different receivers. I'll take the low, I'll take the lowest common denominator, right? So I think that the Saints have done all of the things that they need to do in terms of building their roster to be better this year. But one of the biggest things is going to be, can they get out of their own way? Will they get rid of the self-inflicted wounds? Would they be willing to take the risks 
despite that too. Like you have to be able to eliminate the self-inflicted wounds, but you have to be able to take the risks as well. We're going to talk about risk a little bit more a little bit later, but, you know, punting the ball on, you know, fourth and three or fourth and one and you're, you know, in, at the 30 yard line, 40 yard line in the other, you know, on the other side of the field, you can't do things like that. Not, not on the other 30, but on the other 40, go for it. Right. So there's a lot of those pieces that I think you see the confidence around this team and how much they believe in themselves. They're ready to take the next step, but will they be in their own way on their way to taking that next step? That to me is the biggest question for this team. And I have a lot of confidence that they won't be. I really, really do. But that is the biggest question that lies ahead for this New Orleans Saints team uh, on an otherwise very talented 53-man roster and 16-man practice squad. And speaking of that 16-man practice squad, who amongst them could potentially be in for some playing time in 2023? Well, we have our obvious answers, but there are some not-so-obvious ones as well. We got that coming up for you as we continue on with today's episode of Locked on Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode of Locked on Saints brought to you by our friends at FanDuel, the official sportsbook of Locked on and America's number one sportsbook. And right now you can get ready for the NFL season because new customers can put down $5 and get $200 back in bonus bets guaranteed. That's more money for you to be able to start putting bets down on the New Orleans Saints, who of course are favored in week one against the Tennessee Titans on September 10th. You can put down money on whether or not you think Cam Jordan is going to record 10 plus sacks in the regular season. Will the Atlanta Falcons beat, excuse me, will the New Orleans Saints beat the Atlanta Falcons on the road in a regular season game? There's an easy bet for you. There's a ton for you to check out over here. And customers of FanDuel get $100 off of NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV as well. So go and check them out today. The app is easy to use. It's super safe, super secure. Just visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to kick off the NFL season with the offer that you don't want to miss. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All right, family, continuing on with today's episode of Locked on Saints. Which practice squad members for the New Orleans Saints have the opportunity to get some real playing time here in 2023. That's what we're looking at here next. Appreciate all you everydayers out there making Locked on Saints your first listen of the day every day. So there were a couple of players that we highlighted in yesterday's live episode in case you missed that. Just kind of reacting to, first of all, how excited you should be. Uh, uh, you know, the players that you wanted on this roster for the most part are on the roster or are on the practice squad which is great news for you as a fan, right? Like you want to be rooting for the players that you're seeing out on the field. And really, I mean, look, they're out of all the players that hit waivers uh, across the entire NFL, there are only two players, two, that got uh, waiver claims suggested uh, or, or submitted uh, more than, from more than two different teams. Outside of that, every other player that hit waivers got one waiver claim at most at most and the only player that the New Orleans Saints lost through waivers was Calvin Throckmorton we also saw Lucas Kroll as a somebody who made it through waivers choose to go and reunite with um with Sean Payton over in Denver which look is like it's a loss of potential but it's not a huge loss for your team uh so the way that I look at the Saints practice squad now, including a couple of guys that aren't officially confirmed yet. Anthony Johnson, Jordan Mims, the return of the one, the only Tony Jones Jr. We got to have to wait. We'll see. I'll be at practice later on today. Uh, these are guys that probably weren't in town to sign their contracts. All of the other guys were around to sign their contracts. And, and we highlighted some of the players yesterday that we know for sure 
are very likely to see some playing time, right? Jalen Smith seems to be the easy one because it's very likely he finds his way to the active roster as an active roster member, as a 53-man roster guy. Uh, but there are a couple of other players. Uh, you know, uh, Shaq Davis is another one that we're expecting to see potentially get elevated at some point during the season. He's a guy that can they can elevate if they want to take advantage of maybe a smaller secondary or something like that. The other players that feel a little bit more surefire are guys like, you know, John Trey Kirkland, should the New Orleans Saints want to mix and match a little bit at returner, um, Nico Lalos, if they really want to start to put the heat on from the edge, things like that. Um, Ellis Merriweather could see some early elevations, especially while Alvin Kamara is suspended because of the fact that they could be looking for a little bit of a change of pace there, get the bigger body back out there. The six foot three, 225 pound guy who's got a magnificent story that I'll be telling you. Uh, later on down the line. But those are kind of the obvious players that make a ton of sense. But what about some of the ones that maybe you don't look at and go, oh, that player is definitely going to see some time? Well, there are a couple. Um, Jonathan Abram, the safety, is is a big one. His special teams acumen, his ability to help out on special teams, that's a big reason why you could potentially see him get elevated. The same goes for a guy like Ty Summers, who was a special teams ace for this team last year when they were dealing with so many injuries and they were losing players that could potentially contribute over on special teams. They signed in Ty Summers off of another team's practice squad. And then he immediately became somebody that consistently played, that consistently you know, made plays in the special teams game, that consistently got those snaps and was on the active roster, carried for a while. Um, and then there's kind of the offensive line angle of all of this. The Saints have three offensive linemen on their practice squad currently. Storm Norton, who's been backing up Ryan Ramchick at right tackle. Tommy Kramer, who's sort of been this uh, guard slash center, uh, been playing a little bit of both. And then Mark Evans out of the University of Arkansas Pine Bluff, same school as um, as uh, Teron Armstead, same last name as Jari Evans. Uh, and not that that means anything. But then you have a guy like Mark Evans, who is also there. So if the Saints do deal with any injuries there, or if they do move, let's say, Landon Young to reserve, there's an opportunity to then move Storm Norton, who's been backing up your starting right tackle in Ryan Ramchek all offseason. Um, he ends up getting elevated and then taking a roster spot, an active roster spot. So maybe that's kind of one of the more unheralded, sort of underutilized um, uh, examples of a way that this 53-man roster could change. But that would be a very logical move by the New Orleans Saints. The other ones that I would be watching are going to be guys on the defensive line. Um, yeah, I mentioned Nico Lalos before, but the Saints also brought in Jack Heflin, and they also brought back defensive end Kyle Phillips. Uh, all three of those guys have had solid showings throughout the preseason. Kyle Phillips had that interception in his first game uh, against the Kansas City Chiefs in the first preseason game against the Kansas City Chiefs. He had a sack a couple of weeks later. Jack Heflin has been remarkably disruptive. All throughout the offseason, whether that's joint practices, training camp practices, um, you know, it, you've seen him flash in the preseason games. Nico Lalos, we know what he's done so far uh, to the tune of three sacks in the fourth quarter against the Chargers, was in on another couple of sacks against the Houston Texans. So the Saints finding ways to get these guys back to their practice squad probably comes with a pretty clear vision of how they could potentially contribute. The last group that I'll mention is 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 sort of this this group of linebackers. So you've got Ryan Conley, who's been dealing with an injury, but clearly was able to be moved off of and then brought back to the practice squad. So it seems like he's on the right track, if nothing else. Ty Summers, who's aforementioned, but then also 
Anthony or G. Um, and so between the three of them, more special teams acumen, more players that could come in and maybe help contribute at the position, depending upon what's happening there. None of them are going to leap Jalen Smith in any opportunities. But the other thing, the other reason why I look at that group is because you've got three other linebackers. You've got four total linebackers, three of them outside of Jalen Smith. So that seems to be a lot and, and it feels like a lot. So it kind of telegraphs a little bit about what the Saints might be planning to do with Jalen Smith, which is what we all assume they're going to do with Jalen Smith, which is eventually move him to the active roster. Uh, but the other piece to that is, what if they want four linebackers? Does that then open the door for a guy like Nick Anderson, who, at least at the time that I'm recording this, is still out there? And so if a guy like Nick Anderson ends up still being available at the time that the Saints move Jalen Smith to the active roster, which we expect that they're going to do, um, could we see Nick Anderson come back to the city of New Orleans yet again? Uh, it would certainly be very cool to see that. Um, there's nothing right now that tells you that uh, the Saints are over Nick Anderson or that Nick Anderson isn't going to land somewhere or anything like that. Um, it is just a matter of shuffling around the roster and, and figuring out exactly what's going to happen there. So that's the other thing to keep in mind is where this practice squad starts is not where the practice squad ends, right? So there's a whole bunch of shuffling that's going to happen here. Players that are currently on the active roster could eventually end up on the practice squad and vice versa. Players that have never even stepped foot in this facility uh, over the course of the offseason could potentially end up back on here. The really interesting thing about this practice squad is that outside of Jordan Mims, every single player on this roster is some or on this practice squad roster is someone that the Saints have worked with either this offseason or before, if you include Tony Jones Jr. If you don't include Tony Jones Jr., then you're looking at everybody on this practice squad outside of Jordan Mims and Tony Jones Jr. being players that were on the preseason roster. So clearly the Saints feel very highly with the players that they've gotten the opportunity to see. That's usually good, right? These are all guys that have a familiarity with the system. So if they do get called upon to play, they can actually have an impact without the major hurdle of, oh, I got to quickly learn the playbook. And by the way, Jordan Mims was Jake Hayner's teammate at Fresno State. So that's just a cool note. Uh, but I don't think that it helps in terms of him learning the offense. He's going to have to take some time to do that. Tony Jones Jr. might have to take a little bit of time to reacclimate. I don't know. He's just been with Sean Payton, so maybe not. Uh, but you can see that the Saints care very much about the continuity and the cohesion that these guys can have in terms of their knowledge of the playbook, already understanding the system, and therefore being able to impact when called upon. Coming up next, is this going to be a season of calculated risk for the New Orleans Saints? I'm going to tell you why. I hope it will be. We got that coming up for you as we continue on and wrap up today's episode of Locked On Saints, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it, Houdat Nation. Wrapping up today's episode of Locked On Saints. If you're an everydayer here on the show, you know that I oftentimes like to have these kind of closing segments that are just really like me, like waxing philosophical and wondering things and stuff like that. And, and, and some of you might know where some of that comes from um, and all that. And so that's what I want to spend. The, the, that's how I want to close out today's show is I'm very curious about something when it comes to this New Orleans Saints uh, offense in particular, but the, uh, but, but the team as a whole going here into 2023. Appreciate you as always making Locked on Saints your first listen of the day every day. Um, I would like to see the New Orleans Saints be a team of calculated risk in 2023. And what I mean by that is that I, I, we, we spoke about risk a little bit earlier, right? We saw the New Orleans Saints have some moments of conservatism that did not do them any favors during last year's season in 2022. 
um, you know, being a team that didn't often go for it on fourth down, that didn't really take those risks, um, that took some risk by taking shots downfield. But we saw a lot of little things like, you know, third downs, not throwing the ball beyond the sticks, um, you know, incomplete pass on first down to our run on second and 10. We saw that a ton, a ton throughout last season. So you can see that like sometimes the conservatism created predictability. And then, uh, you know, I mentioned like the myopic or, or, or unimaginative approach sometimes that would, that would come from that. And sometimes that's, that comes out of necessity. Sometimes that comes out of comfort. Sometimes that comes out of, I, I don't know what to do. Like there's a lot of different things that are all there. None of which though were really like good approaches, right? And so what we've seen from the New Orleans Saints so far though, both in the preseason, as well as during training camp, as well as some of these roster decisions, is that the Saints are a team of calculated risk so far. Will they remain that way in 2023? I sure hope so. Um, let me give you an example of why calculated risk is a good idea and a good approach. Let me take you all the way back. Little game, not a big deal. It's the New Orleans Saints. They were going up against the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, it was in Miami, if I remember correctly. It was the Super Bowl, I think they call it. Right, okay, so you see what I'm, where I'm getting at here. The New Orleans Saints go into the first, go into the locker room in the first half. They come out in the second half trailing, not by much, but trailing. And then what did they do? Ambush, right? Ambush is the nickname that was given or the play call name that was given uh, to Thomas Morstead coming out and kicking an onside kick, rookie kicker at that time, by the way, onside kick or rookie punter, rookie kickoff specialist. Um, onside kick to open the second half, New Orleans Saints recover, and then the game script just changed, right? The, the, the calculated risk of doing that meant that they trusted their defense to be able to keep Indianapolis, or if Indianapolis did recover that uh, onside kick, that they would you know, maybe force a field goal or something like that at the worst, and then still keep the offense in the game, which was led by Drew Brees and had all these incredible weapons, and y- you, know the, you know the drill. But what happened instead? Thomas Morstead kicks it, the Saints recover it, then the entire tune of the game changes. The momentum of the game completely shifts. Now, listen, not every game is the Super Bowl, um, although some teams will tell you that they treat every game like the Super Bowl. That's why I always chuckle when fans tell other fans like, oh, well, you just won your Super Bowl. It's like, yeah, probably. Like, There's actually a lot of teams that treat every game with that same level of importance. Because if you lose too many of those games, you're not getting to a Super Bowl. So in fact, a loss in a regular season game could cost you a Super Bowl or at least a chance at a Super Bowl. So yeah, you treat it like the Super Bowl. But the calculated risk behind all of it was that there's a lot of trust in the defense. Um, There's a lot of trust in the offense, but this could swing everything. It could swing the momentum. And that's exactly what it did. Then you saw the rest of it, right? Touchdowns, you saw the Saints score, you saw the pick six happen later on. Like all of it's there. Um, Saints also took other risks in that game. And look, I understand. I get it. Like we're talking about Sean Payton, Drew Brees, all of this stuff. These days, we're not talking about those, those guys. I get that. But it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. The, the, the advantage of calculated risk is the calculated part, right? The advantage of it is that you took the time to, to really think out, here's, here's all these other things. So when you think about how that happens, a lot of that happens way before the teams ever hit the sideline, right? The Saints, would they do this offseason? They invested in a new analyst, Zach Stewart, that they brought in, a guy to help assess the analytics as a part of a tool, right? Or, or as a tool in a part of making a larger decision, right? Like 
They won't ever make a decision based solely on analytics. That would be Brandon Staley, right? So that's where the calculated risk comes from. Is this worth taking? Because the benefit outweighs the risk. And so when you have a, a roster that at least on paper, on paper, is as talented as this one, it opens up a lot of opportunities for calculated risk to be able to say, I trust this roster to make up for if we don't get the reward out of this risk. I trust this roster to keep us afloat. I don't think that the New Orleans Saints trusted the roster to be able to do that last year. How could you? How could you trust that roster last year when it was so hurt, when it was so banged up, when you had so many backup players, when you had so many players that you didn't build the system around running the system? It's tough to be calculated. It's tough to be risky in that environment. But look at what the New Orleans Saints have done so far. Okay. Roster moves, roster moves wise alone. Move on from the veteran in Bradley Roby. Put trust in young corner and Alante Taylor to man your slot. Risky. Calculated. Risky. But calculated. Jalen Smith. Release him. Get the handshake. Whatever that might have been. Bring him back to the practice squad. Eventually, I assume they'll find a way to get him over to the active roster. Risky, but calculated. Okay. Going for it, I believe it was twice, maybe three times on fourth down in the preseason. Risky. They didn't convert all of them, but calculated. Running a more creative offense, jet sweeps to guys like Shaq Davis, screens to Alvin Kamara, screens to Ellis Merriweather, to Lucas Kroll, to, to, to Foster Moreau. Risky, but calculated. I think that the New Orleans Saints, for those of you that didn't like how conservative they were in 2022, have finally found a way to take the aggressive, and sometimes risky attitude of the defense and apply it to their offense. And a guy like Derek Carr helps a ton there, but a guy like Dennis Allen has to be able to help move that needle. And I think he's done a good job of that so far over the course of the offseason. But that brings us all the way back to the first question of today's episode. Can they get out of their own way? Because that is a risk that is very much not calculated. It is just a risk. If you're getting in your own way, there is no reward. You're only getting in your own way. So if they can alleviate that and take advantage of calculated risk, this New Orleans Saints team in 2023 should be a playoff team, should at least be, well, let me say it this way, should be a 10 plus win team and should be a team that you're excited to root for here in 2023. Coming up tomorrow, or actually coming up later on today, we'll be live again after practice, okay? give you all the updates, everything that we know. We'll look at some media availability stuff. We'll kind of go through all the biggest stories that come out of today's practice. And then um, for tomorrow's episode, uh, tomorrow morning's episode, we won't have two episodes for Friday, but for the evening or for the uh, morning show, goodness, I cannot keep my, <laughs> I cannot keep my time of day straight. Uh, but for the Friday show, we're going to be taking a look at the most important players to the success of the New Orleans Saints in 2023 that are not quarterbacks, that are not named Derek Carr. We're going to get to that. And then I want to just do a little comparison between the New Orleans Saints 53-man roster and the rest of the division and see where the New Orleans Saints stack up. So we're going to get to all that and more in tomorrow's episode. But I'll see you later on tonight, live show after practice. I appreciate you as always making Locked on Saints your first lesson of the day every day. And I thank you very much for making us a part of your day, a part of your routine, for saying yes to me and the show. As always, if you see me, say hi. And if you need anything else around your New Orleans Saints in between these episodes, 
Make sure you follow me on Twitter at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how your mom and them. And trust you, that nation, I'll holla at you.